Hey, before we start the show today, I just want to shout out the Ringer Gambling Show. It is one of the best shows in the Ringer Podcast Network. You got Warren Sharp. He goes over all the game, the bets he likes with Joe House on Fridays before the weekend. He recaps the games with Verno on Mondays and then on Wednesdays, Warren and Solak, go, Ben Solak, goes into all these great X's and O conversations on Wednesdays. Solak replaced me on this show a couple weeks ago, went 3-0 on the prop bets. It, it, the Ringer Gambling Show is just such an informative listen. Give it a try. It is fantastic. It is really one of the best shows we have on the entire podcast network. So that's Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays. Listen to the Ringer Gambling Show and the Ringer Fantasy Football Show on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. But come on, listen to your podcast on Spotify. The NBA playoffs are here. And we all know playoff mode is a thing. Listen to the evidence. Playoff crowds are going wild. Playoff players are lighting up the court. Even your speakers are in playoff mode. Okay, we'll take it down a notch, but just a notch, because this is the Turn It Up to 11 NBA Playoffs. Playoff mode is clearly a thing. The NBA Playoffs presented by Google Pixel continue on ABC, ESPN, TNT, and NBA TV. If you're thinking, I should go for a run today, but it looks like it could rain, Sierra says save on epic rain jackets. If you're also thinking, but I can't go out in these beat-up old running shoes, Sierra says, save on top brand running shoes. And if you're still thinking, but I'm also busy performing brain surgery, well, then we say, you really should have led with that. Sierra, let's get moving to your local store, like now. Go! Welcome to the Ringer Fantasy Football Show. My name is Danny Heifetz. I am joined by Danny Kelly and Craig Quirlbeck. And today it is Power Hour. Every week we will be power ranking something every Wednesday during the season. And this week we are re-ranking, re-power ranking. I don't know. We are re-power ranking our rest of the season top 12, a.k.a. If we were to just wipe our fantasy slate clean, we did a draft today for the rest of the season. What would the top 12 picks be? Isn't as easy as I thought it would be, to be honest, because there's there's some old reliables that basically there's some overlap for what we was, would have said at the beginning of the season. But there's also some new ones. And it's like, do we trust these guys? Do we think this is going to continue? Uh, so that was the dilemma. And it's going to be fun to kind of get into these. I thought the top 10 was easy and the order of the top 10 was very difficult. <laughs> you could yeah. convince me a, a huge outcome, a huge range of like what the actual order should be. But I'm actually pretty confident in the people themselves. Right. And you're right, DK. Like a lot of these guys, the Dalvin Cooks, the Zeeks, you're like, all right, these guys have been reliable. They've been around forever. Can I trust them to just kind of get back to what they normally do for the rest of the season? And then you got these young rookies and second year players that you're like, oh my God, like, can I trust <laughs> these guys? Yeah. Would I reach and, and actually just take Jamar Chase, we'll right. find out. We'll find out. All right, so we'll get to that. Uh, first up, real quick, I just want to go through the pre the consensus top 12 we had between the three of us, like the, we did for the Fantasy Guide today. We're just going to be doing our rankings. We averaged them. Our rankings for preseason was Christian McCaffrey first, Dalvin Cook second, Zeke Elliott third, Derrick Henry fourth, whoops, Alvin Kamara fifth, Aaron Jones sixth, Devontae Adams seventh, Tyreek Hill eighth, Stephon Diggs ninth, Travis Kelsey tenth, Austin Eckler eleventh, and we had Joe Mixon twelfth. So we're going to go through, basically, we've at, we've all ranked what our top 12 would be. We've averaged them together. This ranking is the top 12 composite, so there's no one to yell at for this other than ourselves. So you <laughs> right. guys can just all email us at ringerfantasyfootball@gmail.com and tell us we're stupid, because today we'll just be 
talking about how we're all really smart, I guess. Um, if you haven't done Power Hour with us before, as the name implies, we, we're going to talk for a couple minutes, and then you're going to hear this sound. But have we replaced the bell? Yes. Finally. Are we able to do it, Craig? <laughs> yes, we are. I think. Parentheses, I think. Yes, we are. So we're replacing it with, we had a lot of great submissions by everybody. Thank you so much for emailing us your ideas. They were all great. The one we ended up going with is, as you all know, we have been trying to get Mariah Carey's song <laughs> Fantasy as our intro song. That that has proven to be unfruitful so far. However. Well, never, never say die. Right. True. Yeah. I mean, like we're still hoping that someone out there, someone that's listening knows Mariah Carey or knows some of Mariah Carey's people. Or Mariah Carey uh, is listening herself. We've chased down all the leads we've gotten so far. Uh, hasn't worked out quite yet. Yeah, you know how they say, what is it? Goonies never say die. We're Danny's never say die. That's our <laughs> phrase. Uh, yeah. But yeah. we're going to go with this. So Mariah Carey in the song Fantasy samples the song Genius of Love by Tom Tom Club. And it's the exact same beat. We're going to use this sound. And that will be what signifies oh, yeah. that we need to move on to the next round. It's Tom Tom it's Club. Just, wow. We're using Mariah Carey the, any way we can, okay? It really gets me going. It it's does. such a good beat. Yeah. I never even liked Fantasy by Mariah Carey. I've always what? been a huge Tom Tom Club guy. Oh. I've always loved oh, Tom totally, Tom Club. Totally. That's always just been like like whenever I was just, you know. So today we are out. we are Dan Dan Club. Dan Dan Club. <laughs> wow. Okay, I'm excited. so new consensus top excited. 12, Tom Tom Club number 1 pick. Rest of the season, baby. Rest of the season top 12. Is the rest of the season Tom Tom Club? That's the real rest of the season here. Okay, so rest of the season actual. I'm actually doing it this time. Rest of the season consensus top twelve. My consensus. I mean, the three of us averaged our own rankings. Number one pick. It's Derrick Henry for the Titans. Wait, Did Craig, start the talk. Start the clock. Oh my god, you're right. Okay, sorry. This is my the only god, guy, by the way. Uh, this is unanimous. Is the only guy we all agreed on. Yeah. yeah. Who else were we gonna pick? I mean, There's can you no imagine one. if we had someone else first? Would everyone have to stop listening to this podcast? If you had to pick somebody else. Is it, is it the guy we have number two, or would you pick somebody who has more of a higher ceiling, like a Christian McCaffrey, if you had? To so pick? I think that's a ridiculous question because that's what we talk about for the number two guy. We should probably <laughs> talk about Derrick Henry here. <laughs> uh, I guess it's just so obvious. Derrick Henry is the number one fantasy running back. DK, do you have the numbers on Derrick Henry? I have some numbers on him. So not, first of all, uh, according to fantasy points, he's number one overall in football in expected fantasy points per game. Not really that surprising. Considering his 17-game pace, he is on pace for 463 fucking carries, oh which is insane. He's on pace for almost like 500 touches this season, which is, I mean, I don't even really know what to think of that. I'm going to look it, up 2020. I want to see where where 500 touches, if you just divide that by two, I wonder where that would stack up last season. <laughs> so he's on, yeah, he's on pace for almost 500 touches. He's on pace to gain 2,110 yards on the ground, 24 touchdowns, almost 2,500 total scrimmage yards. That's his pace currently. He's like lapping the field when it comes to overall usage at the running back position. I really don't think there's even a close number two here. Like he, he was the overall number one easily, I would say. Um, and it's just, well, number one, it's usage, but also he's awesome. He's amazing. He's extremely talented. He's impossible to stop. He's inevitable. I could keep going if you want, but yeah, he's Holy. Derrick Henry. Okay, I just looked it up. So Derrick Henry has 209 touches already this season. That would rank 17th last season. Wow. Like he already has outpaced season. all yeah. but seven. Like Nick Chubb. He had more than Nick Chubb the, the entire last year. He Derrick Henry has more touches than Antonio Gibson did all of last year. 
And basically give him one more. If you give him one more game, he'll probably get into, he'll be flirting with the top 10. He kind of looks like he did in high school. Season. You know those uh, high school tape of him with just dominating everybody? That kind of just is his 2021. <laughs> okay. So, all right. We're going to respect Tom Tom. Do you guys, do you guys, I mean, we don't talk enough about how his nickname is El Tractorcito. How, who calls him that though? That is like, the like, best like, nickname. I've, the, I've seen people calling him that on Twitter. Really? Yeah. That, that's not real. That's not a real nickname. It's a thing. It's a, a real nickname thing. nickname needs to be a mix of online and also offline culture. Like, it's not a nickname if only people call you something online. This, I feel like it, okay, this is maybe in the gray area. There's certainly, like, on, on Pro Football Reference, they list all the nicknames of, like, the, of, like, each player or whatever. And there's several for Tom Brady that are, like, literally no one has ever no, called that's a, that. No, that's a, that's a running bit, though. The reference, the, they'll <laughs> add any nickname they find. I just, I'm going to pull up Tom Brady really quick because I'm curious oh. now. The, the basketball ones are even worse. Tom Brady, TB12, that's definitely something people call him. Tom Terrific, Touchdown Tom. The Pharaoh? No. Fuck that. Uh, comeback Kid? No. no. He's not a kid. He's 44 years old. Sir? Just Sir? No, just this. The, 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 love pro football reference. They're great at stats. They're very bad at nicknames. <laughs> we are not respecting the time. We did not respect Tom Tom. No. We have to get, we, okay. we're one thing in here. We already disrespected Tom Tom. Tractor Cito. Okay. okay, let's move on. Number two running back, not number two running back, number two player that we would take for the rest of the season, Austin Eckler running back for the Chargers. Eckler is actually the running back too in points per game this season. My yeah. question is, Dika, do you actually think he can keep that up? I do because he's getting the usage that you really want to see, especially like he's getting all the goal line touches. He's he's basically the um, like the three down back more or less for this team. They do spell him here and there with the other guys. Um, the problem is the other guys, whether it's Larry Roundtree, uh, Josh Kelly, Justin Jackson, none of them are good. So, <laughs> wow. I, I, you know, like their head Brutal. coach, Brandon Staley, pretty logical, smart guy. He's like the analytical nerds, like favorite coach. He, he's like, I think people are starting to consider him as like a top five coach already, even though he's been in the job for like six months. Um, but yeah, he knows that he knows where his bread is better. He knows how to use his best players. He knows to use his best players. So I think that's why Eckler has done so well. Um, He's averaging 12 rushes, almost 60 yards on the ground, plus five targets, four and a half catches, and 40 yards through the air this year, getting the goal line work, like I said. Um, yeah, he's just been awesome. I think that all of the hubbub about Herbert and Mike Williams has kind of dampened like the, yeah. the chatter around Austin Eckler. He had that huge 2019 year where he kind of won everybody who had him on their team in their fantasy league. He was averaging 16 points a game in 2019. 16 fantasy points. This year, he's averaging 19 fantasy points mm. per game. Like, he's destroying that breakout season he had in 2019. And they have the seventh easiest remaining schedule for running backs for the remainder of the year. So, so if we all agree that the Joe Brady brought a Saints-esque offense to the Chargers and that Mike Williams kind of has the Michael Thomas role, are we saying that we have like 20 seconds left here? Are we saying that Alvin Kamara, the role in New Orleans has now gone to Austin Eckler, DK? Yeah. In fact, well, and you said Joe Brady, you meant Joe Lombardi, but Regardless, yeah, um, yeah, I mean, I think so, but also I feel like he's getting more carries even than you would have seen with um, Kamara. Actually, I guess if you're looking at the averages, it's about right. Yeah, 12 rushes per game. That's about what, what Kamara was averaging with the Saints. So, um, I mean, this is pretty much in line with the Kamara, Kamara usage. And I'm not saying he's Kamara, but he's pretty fucking good. Like, he's up there in terms of his talent, his explosiveness. I wouldn't say he's Kamara, but... What's his nickname? Pound for pound? He's close. Pound for pound. Great nickname. He does the one armed pull ups, which is incredible. Okay. Number three player we would take rest of the season going forward Zeke Elliott, Cowboys running back. 
Zeke's the RB4 in points per game this season. I feel like ranking Zeke now is like still the same as ranking him before the season. I don't know if the high and upside's there. I don't know if Zeke's going to be a top two running back, but I am so confident that he will be a top guy. I don't know if he will be the top guy, but yeah. he just feels so safe. Consistent. Other than Derrick Henry, he might be the guy that I am the most confident that he will finish in the top five at his position, even more yeah. than somebody like Eckler. Yes, exactly. Like the volatility is there. Even the durability. Like we don't know if Eckler can get through a whole season. I don't Sorry if the pound for pound king doing the one arm pull ups, but like Zeke, I mean, he, maybe I'm jinxing him right now, but like has barely been injured in like his five year career. I just, there's so many reasons Zeke yeah. is just safe. So it kind of makes him hard to, it almost becomes less about our ranking and more about your personal preference of how much do you want upside for safety, but like, I don't know, Zeke's going to be good. I like, I like, I feel very validated about our Zeke takes from the preseason because I, I don't remember if we were like much higher on him than consensus. But, we were pretty, you know, there was him. definitely, there was definitely a lot of concern about Zeke. You know, the, the idea that Pollard is better than him, which, hey, maybe it's true. I just stand on the side, like they're just different. They're just different style players. Um, but he's looked awesome. He's looked uh, he's looked very explosive. Like he's slimmer. He's slimmed down, which we we were talking about in the preseason. I think that showed up on the field. And the most importantly, the Cowboys' offense is really really good, and they're back to running. So all these things like together, it's just really he he's been really solid. And like you guys said, consistent, reliable. You know he's going to go out there and score points, and they're going to utilize him all over the field and in the passing game. And I believe they're getting one of their star. Oh, Lyman, L. Collins is coming back. Yep. He was suspended for... Five games or something? Shenanigans when it came to... Uh, <laughs> Skirting a drug test. testing. Drug word. testing, yeah. It's shenanigans is the perfect word. Oh, my God. Uh, the, the rare time when you appeal a suspension to actually make it longer. <laughs> hard to do. Yeah, that was... Uh, Talk about your all-time okay. backfires. The number, <laughs> the number four player we would take rest of the season is Cooper Cup. Yeah, the first receiver off the board. So I think this is simple. He's uh, literally has the most fantasy points through seven games ever <laughs> for wide receiver. That's, that's um, crazy. Under, understated. Pretty good. When you think about all the great wide receiver seasons we've had, Randy Moss in 2007, Devonta Adams last year, Michael Thomas's 152 catch season, Cups beating all of those. It's crazy. It's it's otherworldly. It's it's kind of hard to believe it. I, I, it's hard to not rank him number one. Like, I think the question is like, are we buying this? Are you buying Bitcoin at the all time high? Like, are you buying Cooper cup to take him number one ahead of everyone? The answer is yes for me for a very simple reason. Devonte Adams has COVID Tyree Killis has quad injury at the top. Like that's actually enough of a differentiator for me to be honest. Cooper cup is great because it, like we talked about this before the year, one of my biggest selling points on Cooper Cup, and, and I talked about Robert Woods. The Robert Woods one is ending up looking like, in hindsight, it's looking like a little Brutal. bit of a, a miss because obviously Cooper Cup is going off and Robert Woods has just been fine. Um, but the thing that I love about Cup is the combination of floor and ceiling. Like, he has an incredible floor, but he's also got this just, like, freakish ceiling where he could catch, like, 200 yards and three touchdowns in a game, and it, it wouldn't, like, you wouldn't bat an eye about it. We'd probably barely talk about it because it's, like, standard for him at this point. He's on pace for 136 catches, 1,964 yards, and 22 touchdowns. He has an NFL-best 34% target rate, and crucially, and, and Haifas, this goes to what you're asking, like, is this, like, sustainable? Like, does it feel sustainable? Does it feel flukish? Everything is easy for this guy. It, it like it never looks so difficult. Ian Harditz has put together uh, a like a 
cut up of like all his touchdowns, it's like he's wide open on like 90% of them. He's just waltzing into the end zone. So it's not even like he's doing one thing really well where it's like, oh, he's just a touchdown machine this year, or he's a yards machine. He's everything. He leads the all wide receivers in targets, catches, yards, and touchdowns. Like he's just doing everything. Yeah. So good job, Cooper Cup. Okay. Number five guy we would take rest of the season. Uh Dalvin Cook, running back for the Vikings. This one's boring, but very yeah. boring. His this was a hard guy to rank because again, it's it's like you guys know who Dalvin Cook is. It's just more like a uh, personal preference thing. His point per game numbers don't reflect his play. He's been good when he's been healthy, but he, if he were hundred percent healthy, I think Dalvin Cook would be second for me behind Derrick Henry. Yeah, but the, he had that ankle injury, and mm-hmm. it's not a terrible ang- injury. He's probably already over it, but it just makes me nervous enough that I wouldn't take him before number five. But I landed on Amir. This is he's flying under the radar um, this season. I think a lot of it has to do with the injury for sure, but also just I don't know. We just haven't really talked about it much, even though when he has been playing, he's looked pretty damn good. Um, I think this and this is the second half of the season, so rest of season rankings. Would it surprise you at all if he's like a top two, top three running back in the in the second half of the season? No, not at all. No, and when he's healthy, they feed him. He's only had three healthy games this year. In those games, he's had over twenty carries in all of them. Like they, yeah. but it's actually. He, he has actually much better than that because if you have Dalvin Cook and you managed to get Alex Madison, you've basically got the three games from Cook, the two games where Madison was the starter. And Madison, I believe, had 20, definitely more than 15 points. I think maybe he had 20, 20 in each plus. game. Yeah. In each, so, like, you're kind of cooking. It's kind of like if you had McCaffrey and Mike Davis last year, mm-hmm. you still had like a top three running back for the whole season. Yeah. So, I mean, I. Uh, the only scenario that's bad is when Cook and Madison are both playing and they split, but even then, Cook is unbelievable. The Vikings running game is unbelievable. They feed the whole offense through him, so it's, I mean, Cook is really good. I was going to yeah. say Cook is cooking, but I, I cannot stand um, the cooking as a as a. Fan. I like that. The, my favorite pun is let Dalvin cook. I, I, I hate it. You like that? I DK? love it. I yeah. love it. It's really funny. It makes me laugh. Have you guys heard like the nickname for Alexander Madison and you, you just say his name in the jingle of the Hamilton musical, Alexander Madison? Oh, so that's a good, <laughs> that's great. That's creative. Love it. Yeah. Wow. Let Dalvin Cook is creative too, fucker. Why do you think dad jokes are a thing? Is it because you just <laughs> stop hanging out with other people? <laughs> yeah, your bar for humor just drops to the floor. Uh, is it what's that Tyrion Lannister line that like uh, a books are to the mind what a whetstone is to a sword? And it's like once you're not around other people, like your comedic sword just dulls because you don't have anyone to sharpen it against. Is that really what we're talking Jesus about here? Christ, man. Um, it was a hypothetical. Maybe also like it, it, it's so easy to make kids laugh. Maybe it's just like you. you. <laughs> that's actually. <laughs> That's the real answer. You start to think you're like a professional stand-up comic and you're making fart jokes for 10 years. Pretty much. Pretty much. That's it. <laughs> wow. Okay. Glad My we kid thinks I'm one. hilarious. All right. All right. Number six player we would take rest of the season. It's Alvin Kamara running back for the Saints. I still can't get over that Kamara had eight catches for 109 receiving yards and a touchdown at halftime. Last <laughs> they night. Actually, by the way, they actually kind of did bottle him up a little bit in the second half uh, to the Seahawks credit as much as I hate giving them credit for it. Um, and there was a point in the second half where they double teamed him and lo and behold, Whoa. no one else could get open. Who could have thought? Well, I, who, I can't believe it took them that long to realize thing. he's their best player and doesn't matter if he's a running God. back. He's their best receiver. You had a whole week to figure that out. The team should have, um, the Monday Night Football team should have somebody listening to the Manning broadcast because <laughs> yeah. like Brady yeah. is just sitting there being like, yeah, man, I mean, I would just, on this play, I think you got to get Kamara open. And like, they just talked about Kamara for like the whole game. <laughs> somebody needs to be like, hey, 
If three Hall of Fame quarterbacks are talking about how the only good guy on the Saints is Alvin <laughs> Kamara, maybe guard him. This was God the funniest thing. Watching the Tom Brady Manning cast was, first of all, it was, just didn't be a nerd. Like, it was really cool. Like, it was cool to watch, like, the greatest player ever who is not, like, a former player. Like, he literally had one of the best games of right. his, the most dominant wins of his career, like, yesterday. is yeah. sitting here yeah. watching this game. They're playing the Saints in a week. You're like, oh, my God. And he's sitting there, and on one hand, he's talking about QB sneaks and all this nuanced, detailed stuff. And the next moment, he's like, like, Kamara scores, and he's like, yeah, he has 109 yards. I'd cover him in the red zone. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> oh, man. Uh, yeah, I loved that. We Heifetz and I did the green room last night after the game, and we just kind of gushed about how cool it was to listen to Marshawn Lynch and Tom Brady talk ball the whole yeah, game. It was, it was really cool. fun. Um, but anyway, also Marshall Lynch cursing the whole time is was incredible. I texted Heifetz. I was like, "Is he allowed to curse on this? I don't know what the rules are." And Heifetz is like, "No, he's not. <laughs> of course, he's not allowed about? to on curse ESPN? on ESPN too. <laughs> like, ESPN, no cursing. ESPN two, whatever you want to say. The, ESPN the Ocho, you could kill somebody. ESPN have, the Ocho, ESPN the oh Ocho. There's full penetration. Um, oh wow. <laughs> Uh, so really quick to wrap up uh, Alvin Kamara. The, Disrespecting Tom, Tom. The, Tom, targets, Tom. the targets haven't been really where you want them to be necessarily this year uh, on a consistent basis, but it was re really encouraging. The last few games, he's seen eight targets and then 11 targets last night. He does have, by the way, after all that, an NFL best 21% target rate, and that's NFL best among receiver, or running backs. Um, and crucially... He's averaging 19 rushes per game. Last year, it was 12.5. It's basically throughout his whole career, it's never gone much higher than like 12, 12 and a half per game. And now he's averaging career bests in, in volume. So um, I think Kamara is the real deal. And in the second half, could have actually a better second half than he had the first half. So, But that'll um, change when Thomas comes back. Will it? I mean, I guess like the, maybe marginally. The, the rest of the team sucks. Marginally. I just don't... I don't think that uh, Peyton has any fucking like... Uh, trust that Jameis is going to do anything. Like they don't trust their passing game whatsoever. Yeah, but it's it's a self fulfilling prophecy because their receivers are awful. So what's Jameis supposed uh, to do? Yeah, we'll see. I, I you're probably right. Like it'll marginally decrease. Um, but I'm still just not very confident that that they're going to let Jameis like cut it loose, regardless of who's down the field. I feel bad for him. He's on too good of a he's on too shitty of a team, and he's too good of a player. I mean, he's had a good run already, so. Yeah. That's, he, I, he feels I, no, like I don't Steph, agree with what Craig just He feels said. like Steph no Curry agreement. on the Warriors last year where he was averaging 32 a game just to like maybe become like a 10 seed in the play-in. I'm like, ah, we're wasting prime stuff. First of all, the Saints literally had the best record in the NFL in the regular season for like the first four years of Kamara's career. I have no tears for him. There are much better players and worse teams. Like also, Saquon, aren't the Saints four and two? To They're one, like probably going to make the playoffs. Yeah, I know. Just Kamara's 26. He's playing with Jamie. <laughs> it's just no, DK. It's Craig's warped idea of what a bad team is because he just watched a, he just Steph Curry. How many championships did Steph Curry win? And he's like, poor Steph Curry had one bad season. <laughs> Please get out of here, Craig. Okay. Anyway. <laughs> Number seven players. You By the way, the season. We, real quick before we move from that note, watching the Manning brothers last night, I I was reminded of you two, like how they were giving each other shit. You could tell like Eli was really annoyed because because uh, Peyton wore the same shirt or same uh, sweater as him. Mm. He's like getting on his case about it. Anyways, you guys kind of remind Wait, me what? of those guys. You guys are like bickering brothers. Is my point. No, I get that, but Peyton wore the jersey because he lost the bet to Eli. No, Eli was mad because Peyton Manning wore Peyton Manning. Eli Manning was mad because Peyton Manning wore the same sweater as him, and they had talked about it beforehand. Like Eli was saying, oh, like Peyton, you I asked me that. what That's I was hilarious. going to wear. <laughs> they wore the same like quarter zip 
blue quarter zip sweater. I don't think Craig and I have ever worn the same clothes to a podcast, although we both have backward hat rights now. So basically, we're Tom Brady, basically. Yeah. It's a millennial version of a quarter Tom zip. Tom looks very your, manicured in his setup. Your backwards you know I mean? dad caps. I think Brady, I thought Brady was really likable, and I thought Brady was l- like the most relaxed I've ever seen him, which I could, I mean, I actually thought the conversation between Brady and Peyton was the most, or maybe the least bullshit I've ever heard between like A-list celebrities on live TV. Yeah, it's pretty good. What did you think of the Breeze section? What I think of Breeze is, bless his heart, he's going to get better <laughs> at being on TV. Yeah. Uh, I, there was one moment where they asked him, does this offense look the same to you? Like, how, what do you think? What Does this offense look the same as when you were running? And he was like, he paused for a good, like, 40 <laughs> seconds. And then he was like, I mean, it's the same plays. <laughs> As if Which was like, funny. Just but then he stammered. shade at, at Jameis. No, but then he stammered and he couldn't really answer it. And they, Peyton was like, we're going to go to commercial. We're going to let Drew think about that. <laughs> Drew, that was a thinker of a question, right? And I was like, that's why the Manning cast is funny is because he, like, he can just give them shit. It's excellent. Yeah. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like when your fantasy league meets up at your house. Everything's great until the hot plate gets too hot for the tablecloth. Now your kitchen's up in smoke. And if you don't have the right home insurance coverage, the cost to fix this is anything but a fantasy. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Not available in every state. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. The NBA playoffs are here. And we all know playoff mode is a thing. Listen to the evidence. Playoff crowds are going wild. Playoff players are lighting up the court. Even the speakers are in playoff mode. Okay, we'll take it down a notch, but just a notch, because this is the Turn It Up to 11 NBA Playoffs. Playoff mode is clearly a thing. The NBA Playoffs presented by Google Pixel continue on ABC, ESPN, TNT, and NBA TV. Number seven player we would draft rest of the season is Jonathan Taylor for the Colts. Yeah. Yeah. He's been Taylor's great. the RB2 over the last three weeks. Colts are coming to their own. I kind of think if there's one player here that would be RB1 rest of the season over Derrick Henry, Jonathan Taylor is sneakily really high on the list. It's kind of just like last year, right? I feel like he started off slow, mm-hmm. kind of picked it up mid to late season, and then just absolutely exploded. And he maybe he'll do it again. And he has a great rest of the season schedule, too. Yeah, and Carson Wentz has been better than expected, too, or at least lately. And so that definitely raises the floor of this offense in, in terms of is he, he's, he has a chance to score more touchdowns. Well, has he been better than expected? Oh, yeah. I thought he was going to be terrible. And he's been fine. But like, uh, it's I guess it's in the eye of the beholder because while he did play all right in the Niners game, I can't mentally get past the shovel pass he threw. I mean, I'm not saying that he's been good. I've been saying he's been better than expected, which that was a low bar for me personally. So maybe I'm just speaking subjectively. But... Um, I guess just the overall the Colts offense has been better. They're going to get more healthy on the offensive line. Jonathan Taylor, in terms of pure talent as a runner, is up there. You know, he's in the top four or five as as best pure runners in the NFL. Maybe even higher than that. He had an incredible run against the Niners, right? I thought he was going to oh get God. bottled up, and he just like zipped ahead of everyone. Looked like he was fast forwarded. He is incredibly fast. Pure pure running talent. Where do you put him? Like, because I think Chubb is certainly up there, and I don't know where you would put Derrick Henry because we've talked about this. Like, he's just massive, and he that just has runs to be- straight. Well, we need a new forty-yard dash <laughs> yeah. for a couple reasons. Just One of which people. is I want to measure the acceleration, and two, why do we let any of these players in the forty-yard dash 
line up in a three point stance? Like, why don't they have? If the, why don't the running backs have to run at the running back position? It would be hilarious if they had to do everything in pads. I think why it would be fun. Why don't? Seriously, why do they not? Why don't they? Because of forty years of precedent is in it, and they want to be able to measure these guys relative to people in prior seasons. So that's why. Um, why did they start that way? I don't know. <sighs> there you go, Ivan. Unbelievable. That she was a Boom. good answer. Okay. Boom. Number eight player we take rest of the season. It's Najee Harris, Steelers running back. I love Najee Harris before the season. He's it, Najee Harris is the thing where the the doubters and the the believers, everyone was right. Najee Harris is not coming off the field. Yeah, he is one of three running backs with more than twenty t- touches per game, and also the Steelers' offense is kind of gross. So it's not yep. efficient, but he is just an unbelievable running back, and he's no, he's the he's top six. If the Steelers get any semblance of a good quarterback next year. Najee's like a top five pick. I yeah. think he's already a top five pick for next year, honestly. Yeah, yeah, maybe. I mean, God, he's so consistent. It's just the touches that they're giving him. He hasn't had less than 16 PPR point, half PPR points since week one. Like, he's just the same every week. He's like 16 to 20 points every week. Devil's advocate. If they get a, wor- if they get a better quarterback, does, oh, it, does that actually make him worse? Because they're not going to be dumping it off to him 17 times a game? That's probably know. fair. Uh, <laughs> I think the wild thing is again the reason he plays so much is just a, t- a Mike Tomlin thing like Mike Tomlin is just one of the few guys left that's just an old school like yeah the running back should play all the time this is the Philip Rivers corollary if, if he's if you're dumping it off to him oh yeah every time it's, but I think that's like Big Ben's style um, so I don't know I, I bottom line it doesn't matter he's Big Ben's there this year we can talk about next year later do you think, but this year, do you think Najee is going to keep this up? Do you think he actually could get better? Absolutely. The offensive yeah, line has been sure. getting better each week. Like they, they look mm-hmm. better than they did in week one. And I think the offense looks a little bit stronger. Plus Juju's out the rest of the year. So yeah, I think he can get better. Cause here's the crazy thing. Cause Najee basically is second in touches or he's tied for third. It's, it's like Derek Henry is like way ahead of everyone. And then there's Alvin Kamara and Najee Harris, but Najee only has like four touchdowns this year, which compared to the, I mean, the 140 touches he has is actually almost low. If the Steelers actually get better, I could see a world where Najee actually goes up from number six. Yeah. He's number eight for us overall. Okay, number nine player that we would take rest of the season is Devontae Adams for the Packers. Yeah. He is only, I'm doing air quotes, only the wide receiver for this season. (laughs) And I think the only reason I have him number two is that I think him having COVID and we don't know how long that'll last... Uh, I was enough for me to put Cooper Cup ahead of him, but he's still Devonta Adams. He's incredible. I mean, it yeah. speaks to his talent that he's kind of had a quiet year, yet he's second in the league in targets and third in yards. Yeah, I saw uh, for from FantasyPoints.com, they have him in their expected points metric. He's sixth overall. <laughs> in, how, many that's players, based on his, how many players is being the fourth receiver like kind of disappointing? I don't even think it's disappointing. It's just he's just been quiet. It's just been a quiet dominance for whatever, however the hell you want to describe that. Don't you know? You know it's like we just haven't really talked about him a lot this year for whatever reason. The Packers in general have been. There's just been like this is like the MVP conversation we had the other day. Mm-hmm. Like, there's just so much going on across the league. There's so many new like Jamar Chase's Justin Herbert's popping up that like the Shiny Packers things. are right. Yeah. The Packers are just like yeah, been there, done that. It's so true because the the, the flaw with all of this, especially the MVP voting and this, this stuff, is that. It's everyone's just measured against their expectations. So now everyone's bailing on the Chiefs and being like, Mahomes sucks. Patrick Mahomes literally had, I think, five touchdowns and seven drives against the Eagles. And Stephen Ruiz pointed out that the NFL didn't even make him a highlight video. He had five touchdown passes. <laughs> they did not make him a highlight video. I love like, that. 
that is just the expectation for Mahomes, and we're only going to really talk about him now that he's gone down, and then we'll talk about when he goes back up. Devontae's like that. It doesn't matter that the Packers basically have one receiver and then five guys who are number four receivers. They mm -hmm. move him around. Everyone knows he's getting the ball. He gets it. It's like he's the Derrick Henry as a receiver. It's like everyone knows Devontae's getting the ball in every play. He still gets it done. It defies logic. It's, he's, uh, it is unbelievably dominant. Is COVID is the fact that he's on the COVID list right now the only reason he's not higher? Probably. Yeah. I mean, I feel like because he's gonna miss, he's surely missing this week, and that's kind of like the only reason he's not higher. Yeah, and we'll so. we'll see what happens in the future. Like, you know, if he's asymptomatic, that's obviously good. Okay, number yeah. ten, we've got here. We got Tyreek Hill, receiver for the Chiefs. So Tyreek Hill's actually the receiver three on this season. He's been top two twice so far this season, but he's got the quad injury, so I had him lower. I actually have him lower than ten. Um, but. Look, first of all, I think the Chiefs are going to rebound. I'm not. Are you guys mm -hmm. worried about the Chiefs' offense at all? No, I'm not. <laughs> I, think I think everyone's it, being a little dramatic about the. Yeah. Obviously, they were destroyed by the Titans and obliterated, atomized. But I'm not actually worried about the Chiefs. Why do you have him lower than ten then? Just the quad injury. I feel like he had. What did he have? Knee tendonitis in August. Now he's got this quad thing. I just don't like when a guy whose entire game is like entirely speed has a quad issue. It's like when you're talking mm -hmm. about taking receiver this high, he has to be a top five guy. And if Tyree kill is diminished at all, that's all. I mean, look, it's a slight bump. You're nitpicking at the top, but yeah. it was enough for me to put him third. I still think it's pretty, you know, it's high. Yeah. I think the other thing is like, it always feels like there's a two or three games every year. So like he's, he has the potential to just, you know, score 40, 50 points in a, in a, in a single week, you know, but there also are seemingly, I don't know if I'm making this up or if it's actually happened, but he always seems to miss like three quarters of a game a couple times a year. You know what I mean? He'll go out with a hamstring yeah. injury in the first quarter. Mm -hmm. And so maybe that's just like sort of like my bias against ranking him slightly higher, even though he has like the explosion potential. He's also a little bit more volatile, I think, in terms of like, you know, you can go out early with an injury, you can miss a game here and there. Um, soft tissue stuff that kind of crops up in any season. So he's played 15. He played 15 games in 2020, 12 and 2019. No, but um, you're right, DK. I mean, it's he not like he's missing tons hits. of time, but he, yeah. Tyreek Hill avoids hits like he's a quarterback. I mean, Which the way I he kind just of dips out of bounds yeah. early, like he really treats it like, like the way everyone wishes Lamar Jackson runs or the way people like at first were like, oh, Kyler's got to run. Like Ty Tyreek Hill does that all the time. It's honestly really smart. It's like a sign of being a veteran, I feel like, because when these guys start to like not take unnecessary hits. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right. Number 11 player we would take rest of the season is Nick Chubb, the Browns running back. You guys are higher on him than I am, which is funny because I was higher than you guys entering the season. I just had no idea what to do with this calf injury. I mean, how do you guys, DK, what do you think of like balancing Chubb? On one hand, he's come back from his calf injury. On the other hand, Kareem Hunt, Kareem Hunt is out. Like, what do you, why do you have yeah. Nick Chubb? So, to I mean, I think obviously the, the big thing is, I think Chubb's potential is capped. It, it no, in, under normal circumstances, his upside is capped because Kareem Hunt is in a heavy, they, they're in a heavy rotation with each other. Like Kareem Hunt is the pass catching guy. He's the guy that comes in and two minute drills, all this stuff. And he's been sniping all these touchdowns from Chubb the last two seasons. Um, so in theory, you take that cap, you take that ceiling off of what Chubb can do if he gets a little more work. And it's really exciting. And the thought of like what he could do with more volume is exciting. However, then you have the calf issue the calf injury that you have kind of like in the back of your mind like this could reoccur this could get you could get hurt again you have the idea that maybe the browns are just going to like replace cream hunt's role with dearness johnson dearness johnson looked really good in that game that he got all the action so maybe they just do 
a timeshare with him instead. Um, and they don't want to push it too much with this calf injury. So like, I, I don't really know exactly what to do with this guy, but he's so talented and the Browns identity is so centered around him and what he can do. That's the reason I'm still very high on him rest of season. I think he has with hunt out, he has potential to be, I think at least marginally more volume per game and that he has the potential to like raise that ceiling just a little bit in each game. So, um, I mean, we got him at 11. I don't think that, I don't think that's like crazy high or crazy, crazy low. It just feels, it feels just about right for him going forward. Yeah. Nick Chubb's kind of one of the, he's in the Travis Kelsey bin for me where every year I, I won't draft him and every year he, starts out the season really well. And I'm like, damn, Nick Chubb, man. He's the Derrick Henry kind of thing where I'm like, he doesn't catch passes. And then every season he has 100 yards a game and a touchdown on this awesome yeah. Browns offense. And uh, I regret it. So that's why I'm actually finally putting him in the top 12 and sticking with it. There's a there's a thing with fantasy where sometimes you have to ignore your personal feelings or biases about how good a player is when you draft them um, because they're just going to get the volume. It doesn't matter how good they are if they're going to get the volume. Chubb is the guy who is like, he's not going to get the volume you want, but he's so fucking good. Every time you watch it, watch him play, you're just like, damn it. I want that guy on my team because yeah. he's so explosive. He can turn any run into like an 80 or a touchdown. Um, so I don't know. He's, he's just a tough one, I think, in general because of the way that they use him. All right. Number 12 guy you want on a team rest of the season. We have DeAndre Swift for the Lions. He's the RB7 by points per game. DeAndre Swift has leads all running backs and catches. So why do we have him at 12? Do, do we like not believe in him? I don't think it's not believing necessarily. I think it is still a situation where he is in a rotation. Um, we did and also, by the way, we did this, I think as a half PPR. So like he loses a slight amount of value because he's like purely like sort of their passing down guy. Um, did you do PPR? I did this as points per first down only standard. <laughs> God that was my, how I did this exercise. Yeah. Um, and then I think also I, I I know I got that I think also just, for just everyone the, listening I did just the idea do. that he hasn't really done it for a whole season is is certainly like there in the back of your mind like you you're not quite ready to completely buy into like what we saw in the first half however like everything that we've seen so far is super super promising and exactly what we kind of were hoping the best case scenario would be he, this is a team that's always losing they're always playing with that negative game script where they're going to have to come from behind they're going to have to pass a lot he's he's their guy in that. Um, He's third so far this season among running backs in target rate. He has a 19% target rate, so he's getting a good amount of targets every week. Um, I saw this from Graham Barfield. Swift is averaging 13.3 PPR receiving points per game alone. Um, his receiving work alone would make him the RB19 and the and the receiver 34 um, per, this year. Plus, he's getting you know all that work in the in the run game too. So, um, for reference, says Graham. Christian McCaffrey has averaged 14.7 fantasy points per game as a receiver. So Christian McCaffrey is a better runner than DeAndre Swift. So it's not a one-to-one reference. But the bottom line is Swift is getting a really, really great amount of work in the receiving game, and he's looked really good doing it. So, um, yeah, I mean, it, it feels to me like he's here to stay. I don't also don't think we're that low on him. I mean, we have him as the overall player number 12, and yeah. this is a ranking of all... Players, I mean, he's the overall player. He's the overall 16th best scoring player in the league right now. We have him 12th in our rankings, so I feel like we're actually a little bit high on him. I know. I, I almost feel like this is a little bold. I don't know what I don't know what the actual consensus would be across like the the fantasy industry, but it does feel like pretty bold to put him in our first round. Right. Yeah. Like amongst tight ends, wide receivers, and running backs, he is 16th in points per game. So we have him 12th. I actually yeah. think. I mean, I actually 
Haifa, did you put him in your top 12? I don't think I did. I think I was just a touch outside. Yeah, I had him at 14th. I had guys like Jamar Chase and Mike Williams a little bit ahead of him. You had, oh, I was going to say if you had him in the top 12. The guy, the only guy, the only, if I could speak English, the only guy I had in my top 12 who I think you guys missed was, I had, I still have Kelsey there. Yeah. I mean, that makes sense. That's yeah. fine. Are there any other players as you guys were doing this that you were struck by, not whether they should be in the top 12, but you were struck by how much their value has changed? Yeah, I mean, I think the first person, well, two guys really come to mind, and Craig, you just mentioned them, Mike Williams and Jamar Chase. For Jamar, for Jamar Chase in particular, I, I don't know if I'm 100% ready to say that he's going to continue at this torrid pace. I think he's been 100% as advertised. Like, he's lived up to the hype in every way. Like, he's setting new records. He's the most, he scored more points in seven games than any rookie receiver ever. However, I think he is outproducing his volume and, and his, uh, like, potential. Like, he's, out, he's, he's outpacing his expected fantasy points. Um, and a lot of that has to do with, like, the play we saw on Sunday where he took a little slant and turned it into an 80-yard touchdown. Is that something that he can do each and every week? I mean, he is, he's certainly capable of it, but I don't think it's necessarily going to happen each and every week going forward. So I think he's going to regress slightly as the year goes on. That's not me saying I think he's bad or that he's not you know, the one of the most incredible receivers we've seen, one of the most incredible prospects we've seen. Um, I just don't know if he can necessarily keep up this exact pace that he's on right now. Um, that said, he's still going to be a wide receiver one this season, which is insane to think about because, um, you know, we were worried about him dropping a couple passes in the preseason. So it's just, uh, I think it's it's just really fun to see, but I'm not quite ready to be top 12 overall player yet. Hyvitz, are you currently tweeting? Uh, I someone tweeted uh, that aspect. <laughs> babe, yes, I was. was I added Craig. I just got a, I just got a mention from Heifetz on Twitter, and I'm like, "What? We're doing? We're in the middle of a podcast, and he's just on Twitter." Well, someone Alan Lazard is on the COVID list, and we recommended him as a as this just happened, and, and we recommended him as a pickup because Devonte Abs on the COVID list. So someone added me, and I said, "Blame Craig," because everyone Craig touts. Um, Something goes wrong. This with is them. your millennial brain unable to focus on anything. You got nine devices going at once. Oh, I can still focus. Come on, Craig. Who's your guy? Your player that most outdid expectations. Shut up, man. <laughs> <laughs> can I throw out one more guy here? Mike Williams and Jamar Chase obviously were close. Yeah. If Saquon Barkley was a little bit healthier, it seems maybe now like the Giants kind of botched the diagnosis once again on his ankle. Botched it. But like, watched it. Like, the, <laughs> what's that from? It's Sonny. Can we play that clip with to, it's Frank with the toe knife in Charlie's botched apartment? It. Like, botched it. Ah, oh, oh, botched toe. I botched that one. Oh, that's a botched job. Oh. That's bleeding. I need some trash to plug up the cut. If so, we have like Devonte Adams is going to miss a game. We still have him ranked. If Saquon was only going to miss one more game, do you, would he be close to your guys' top twelve? I think the thing that I wish everyone talk about memento tattoos is like the Giants offense is still pretty bad with Saquon in it. I mean, I guess now maybe I should really update myself because I feel like Daniel Jones is playing better and I actually would be interested in Saquon in an offense where like the Giants offense is improving. So maybe, yeah, I suppose we should put him in that. I guess he's in range right with Christian McCaffrey. I guess actually maybe he'd even be ahead of McCaffrey because do we really know McCaffrey's going to come back by week 10? He's the hardest one to rank of everything. He's, t- he's tough. I mean, obviously, he would have been in the first round if he was healthy. Um, also, what are they going to do? Push him to come back if the Panthers... I mean, if the Panthers are out of the playoff picture by that time, I think that does change their priorities, whether they would admit that or not. But either way, I think you're right, Craig. I mean, 
a couple Saquon's other guys I just want to throw out there that were sort of like on our radars in terms of the first round. Uh, Daryl Henderson with the Rams, obviously coming off of a tough week where he didn't do quite as much as we were expecting, but he's got that three-down role locked in on an elite offense. Uh, Debo Samuel, who arguably could or should be higher. I don't know if we just, I don't think we trust that offense. I think enough. we just kind of refuse to acknowledge the Niners. I think we're just like, <laughs> no. Yeah, no, the Niners are not. Yeah. Um, it's, you know what, the, they're not, they're just, they're, the Niners are like your mercurial friend. And yeah. like everyone's talked about how they great they are. Like the Shanahan, Bill was talking about this in the Papa Sal. Like everyone's just been so obsessed with Kyle Shanahan. And then like obviously the Niners are not playing well, and Kyle Shanahan's record as the head coach is below 500. So he's losing his team there. For us on the fantasy side, it's kind of like we're just so sick of this crazy behavior. Like the Ayuk the and the Sermon getting benched that. I just can't deal with this anymore. I can't live like this. <laughs> I'm not going to buy that Debo Samuel is going to be a top three wide receiver the rest of the season with shitty Jimmy G or Trey Lance. I'm good. No, watch him do it. But like, I just, I can't, That that's not he's, me. He's a second rounder. Early second round. Um, couple of the, You think he's a, you would take him in second round. You would take Debo in the second round. It's not an insult. Dude, he has like, like, like a 30 something percent target rate. He's the only guy that they're throwing to. He's in the 20s for me. I just, I think I agree with Ifit. It's not an insult. I'm just not trusting the Niners. I don't want to deal with them. Can we... It's perfect. All right, let's get to some emails. Wait, wait, wait. We have to talk about this. Did you guys see the report that Cam Akers might play in the playoffs? Yeah, what the hell is that? Are you serious? (laughs) Yes. McVay talked about it. I think it was Jordan Rodriguez from The Athletic. I saw her tweet about it that... There's a chance, and the way that uh, Cam Akers is already running, like, he's running on 80% of his weight at 10 miles an hour, and he looks great. Oh, I know what that means. I know that, well, based on that calculation since it's October, so my, you know, my, my great familiarity with Ace, with Achilles recoveries. Right. I'm just saying, my boy might be back. That's kind of stunning. It, it is. I mean, he toured in what, August? I mean, can you Usually think it's of like a more a depressing year. scenario than him returning, playing good for three plays, and then immediately getting hurt again? <laughs> I really hope they don't play him. I hope they do. If he's healthy, let's do it. <laughs> Well, Great. if I've learned one thing this season, I'm not a doctor. So that's fair. If you went on a road trip and you didn't stop for a Big Mac or drop a crispy fry between the car seats or use your McDonald's bag as a placemat, then that wasn't a road trip. It was just a really long drive. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. At participating McDonald's. Craig, you said you had an email that you did not want to share with us and you wanted to leave Ride. Yeah, right, right before. Ride, ride, I can't speak. Read live. Right <laughs> before we started the recording today, we got an email and it was amazing clickbait. Shouts out Eli because he emailed us. This is the title of the email. Danny Heifetz ruined my team and my life. Wow. <laughs> First of all, now everyone's going to like start putting that yes. in, the, in the email subjects. Oh, like don't crazy. Encourage Good. Don't I will encourage click him. every single one of those. Uh, he basically is just like, I'm a huge fan of the podcast. I live in LA. I love listening to the show during while I'm in traffic. He said he's a Giants fan, so he typically listens to Heifetz's advice the most out of the three of us. Woof. He said... <laughs> uh, so he basically... He essentially said, I'm picking Heifetz over Craig, and he drafted Mike Davis, or he traded for Mike Davis and gave away two $1 wide receivers. And those wide receivers that he Don't gave away this Williams. year are Mike Williams and Antonio Brown. Oh, no. <laughs> for oh Mike Davis. Um, 
What you needed to do this year was take my advice in the early part of the draft and Craig's advice in the late. Because I was right about Najee. Like, I I had Najee over Saquon. I think a lot of people thought that was nuts. And, but Craig was right about all the, like, the the Mike Williams guys. This is how he finishes it. Heifetz, your love of Mike far from funky Davis and your impassioned Mike Williams skepticism has broken my fantasy heart. My fantasy (laughs) memento tattoos for the year next year will be to never trade before week one and to listen to Sean McVay's get back coach Craig Moore. (laughs) Shouts out to you. I, um, I, I, who's that guy's name? Eli? Eli. The fact that it's a Giants fan named Eli, I makes me feel even worse. Uh, Eli, I'm sorry. (laughs) Everyone, every, yeah, I'm just sorry for the Mike Davis, um, radicals, my Mike Davis following. i bottom of my heart you know what though i, I, I do stand by Patterson. you you got to make picks every year you got to make calls you know and they don't always work out but you have a take have a fucking take the is, wild is the thing here. was that we all kind of agreed that if mike davis got 60 percent of the falcons snaps at running back he'd be a good value the crazy thing is he got them and then he, he, he's not even touching the ball anyways worthless i mean how did we not foresee a 30 year old kick returner being like the tip Fifth best running back in fantasy. <laughs> That's what's annoying is that, do you remember, I actually went on that rant in August and I was like, Cordell, and I, did I ever read the list? I had the list of all the coaches Cordell Patterson's been coached by that said, yeah, we're going to get involved in the game. And like, he never cracked more than 300 yards in a season. And like every coach has said that they're going to do it. And then somehow it just happened. Not, I'm not using this as an excuse. I mean, Mike Davis sucks. Clearly. He's the Steve, he's the Steve Young of running backs. Yeah. Anyway, I'm sorry, Eli. Yeah. Sorry, Eli. You were right, Craig. You were right. I was wrong. You were smart. I'm dumb. You're attractive. You're attractive. I'm ugly. I'm not good looking. <laughs> All right. Fantasy court time. Yeah. All right. This is a fun one. This is from Mike. 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 My fantasy basketball league needs a judgment on an issue. Fantasy basketball. basketball. This is not our normal jurisdiction. <laughs> But we'll we'll do like an emergency injunction or something. Our league has been going on for over 10 years, and we take it very seriously. It is probably the only thing that actually gets us fired up. The issue is last week, we drafted our fantasy basketball league on ESPN, and everyone was fine getting into the draft, except one player who couldn't figure out his login information. We all laughed about him auto-drafting, and he was upset, but he didn't say much more than that. He claims he has a shitty team, and he's probably right. Two days later, a player in the league accidentally drops Rishwan Holmes, who's a, who was a sixth-round draft pick. And then the player asks to get Rishwan Holmes back on his team. Everyone says, okay, it's a mistake, whatever. That's fine. Except the guy who auto-drafted, who says he didn't get to redraft his team because he made a mistake logging in so this should be a no mistakes allowed league and screw the guy who accidentally dropped Rishwan Holmes who cares if it was an accident the auto draft guy is the first in waiver and he will get Rishwan Holmes in waivers so the guy who got had to do the auto draft has threatened to not pay and quit the league if he does not get Rishwan Holmes we all disagree but he has us by the balls because he says we don't want him to quit because it'll ruin the league (laughs) I love that he's threatening to quit can you imagine Rishwan Holmes causing this many problems in your life? Okay, I got one big question here. Do they not know? Does the commissioner not know that you can just pause a live draft and wait <laughs> for the guy to log in? You can pause a draft. I think that that's actually a key part of it because I'm assuming that there was some larger issue. I actually had problem getting into my the Ringer Fantasy Football League draft. I had to do it from my phone because this is still a thing, by the way. I don't know if I ever told you guys this. I literally, my Yahoo account won't let me log in on my computer. I've had to do the entire season from my phone. That's neither here nor there. The 
fact that they maybe there was a login inf- issue that he, it was impossible. But if they pressed on not letting him do it, he kind of has a point. <laughs> he does. However, so like what? The rest of the year, they're all just going to be sticklers. And anytime somebody makes a mistake, they're just going to say, sorry. I'm sorry. I have no patience for people that threaten to quit a league based over some little bullshit like this. Like, come on. I know. I, I will. I will. I refuse to side with this guy. I think he should just, if he made a mistake in, in dropping the guy, that per, that player should get uh, Holmes back and the other guy should shut up. I actually disagree. My, that is my judgment. I disagree. Dealing because with people like this in a fantasy league, come on. This is for this is for fun. Like, fuck off. I hear what you're saying, but if it's actually like a close friend group and someone's that upset, it's harder than it sounds to be like, fuck off, quit. We don't want you know what I mean? Like it's kind of I don't know. It, it, it's always touchy when like someone actually loses it. And when it's something kind of gray like this, normally I think we all agree, like, generally speaking, if this were in a vacuum, we'd all say it's a mistake. Let the guy do it. But we also would have said, pause the draft. Let the guy draft if he's there. That makes no sense. The commissioner is at fault here. I don't but understand. But I kind of think he has a point. If you're like, you guys are going to give me shit all year to have a terrible fantasy basketball season, and I'm just going to have to suck it up. I'm kind of on his side. I think if that's the precedent they've set, yeah, you know what? Don't drop Richwan Holmes by accident. Because if that person who dropped Richwan Holmes made fun of him for the auto draft, I think he's right. He should get Richwan Holmes. The guy who made the mistake made the mistake. This is going against our precedent as a court m- multiple times, multiple moments of precedent here where we said the commissioner should have discretionary power to say, was it a mistake? Yes. Okay, you can have this guy back on your line. We've, we've made this judgment several times in the past. Why would we change it now? Why would we change it now for some guy who's threatening to quit because he's, he's a little bastard? We're like you the guys opposite are making, of the Supreme you guys Court. Let you, if you guys let this guy stay in your league after threatening to quit, you're making your own bed because he's going to be a pain in the ass the entire season. No, I think that in some ways we're we're like the opposite of Supreme Court, where sometimes our job is to look at a league's like a local law, like a league specific precedent and be like, well, if you guys used to do this, you have to do this. Generally speaking, our vibe is like, don't be an asshole. Mm-hmm. Like if a guy makes a mistake, he makes a mistake. But if this league two days earlier was like, nah, we're going to be assholes. Like it's fun. And we're like, nah, you auto-draft, it sucks to suck. You didn't log in, we're going to auto-draft without you. If two days later, another guy makes a mistake, the precedent they've set is, we're going to make fun of you for making mistakes. That's fine. The whole point of fantasy is to dick around with your friends. If you like ragging on guys, that's fine. But I actually think he has a point. Like, two days later, I disagree. if someone else made a mistake, why does that person get that entirely get a redo? Okay, let me let me step in here. So I I, I side more with DK, but I, you're right, Hype. It's I agree. It's almost like it. So if this league wants to take on the personas, just we're all assholes, then that's, I guess, just the way it's got to be. But <laughs> that's not fun. No one wants to be in a league where, like, you make one mistake. Like, you accidentally drop Luka Doncic, and then you're just fucked. Like, that's not fun. So I think they need to make it up to this kid. They need to make it up to the guy who they made auto draft. I don't know what it is. They Maybe should they- do an expansion draft like hockey. Everyone can keep like six players and he gets to take like the seventh best player from every team. <laughs> Honestly, maybe. Here's my suggestion. You let the guy take back Rishwan Holmes and you do not become an asshole league this year. And my suggestion is that the guy who was forced to auto draft, he doesn't have to pay this year. Uh, that's, that's pretty good, yeah. That's like actually that. a good... That's like realistically, that's a good... Um, Compromise? That's a good compromise. So, you know, I he, think so he can't compromise. be that mad if he loses. He doesn't lose any money. 
It's like he's getting monetary damages right? for <laughs> I this guess mistake. There's the court thing, and then there's a bigger thing I want to get to. But to DK's point, you're saying like we always feel like if someone actually drops a great player, give him back, what's the big deal? I say if they gave this dude, a, if they didn't give him a redo two days earlier, why does he get a redo? But I guess my bigger question is, have you guys ever actually been in this situation, which we laugh a lot, but it is actually sometimes kind of awkward if someone like freaks out over something kind of small and is like, I'm quitting. I don't want to be in a league with anyone who's like trying to hold the league hostage by threatening to quit. I, if someone does that, I'm like, okay, see ya. I'll find someone else. <laughs> like, I don't. I, who got? Who has time for that? Yeah, I've never had anybody threaten to quit either. Um, I've had in, in a league before someone who I don't even remember the reason, but he got all mad and he dropped all of his players onto the onto the like waivers and was like, "Fuck you guys!" <laughs> That's and like we kicked him out recess, of the league. We're like, what, what are we? Twelve years home. old? Come on. That's like recess. Take your ball and go home, but it's the opposite. It's like here, here's a bunch of balls. Um, <laughs> I do like I do like the compromise. I think that's a good idea, and then the, the winnings will be less. I also think like we're conflating a, a small error on the waiver wire, which affects no one, versus the guy can't log in, which affects the eleven other people that are logged in and setting aside the time to do this. Blah blah blah. That's like, a good argument. This is a, this is eleven people are waiting for this draft to start. People have busy lives. We've scheduled this thing. And now you can't log in. And you're not ready. That's different okay, that's than some guy fat-thumbing a, 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 like a waiver or whatever and dropping a guy. <laughs> the Rich Eisen. It doesn't Eisen. affect anyone else. It's called the Rich Eisen. <laughs> the Rich yeah, Eisen. Rich Eisen I, you know what, DK? That's a good argument. I, I think, realistically, I would say the recommendation is that if he's actually freaking out and they're basically saying that no one wants them to quit because I think it sounds like they're like a close friend group and they don't actually want him to quit. I think, I think let's go with Craig's um, argument. DK kind of swayed me there. So he doesn't have to pay... No one quits, but the Rishwan Holmes guy gets Rishwan Holmes back. I can't believe all this was over Rishwan Holmes. I think this is one of the first times we've actually come to like a compromise. And, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and given like real like sage advice. Okay. All right. There we go. Thank you, Mike, for that email. Thank you, Craig. Thank you, DK. Thank you, Rishwan Holmes, for the content. Most of all, this week. Thank you, Lorne. Lorne. Thank you, Chris Cross. DK, that the was Tom the biggest Toms. layup you've ever gotten. Tom, 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 Tom Club. Club. There it is. Thank you, Tom Tom Club. I almost said thank you, Tom Tom Club, and I was like, no, nah, DK's going to nail this. <laughs> I did nail it. I did nail it. I got. I gave you two. No, really, though. Tom, guys, Tom Club, I just like, can't win. I just can't win with you guys. You well, know? We'll compromise. You can keep reaching. You won't have DK. to pay for the pod this year. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> I'm taking my fucking mic and I'm going home. Craig, I'm, I'm deleting my audio so you can't put this podcast out. Please don't do that. <laughs> All right. Goodbye, everyone. <laughs>